Welcome, Bears fans, once again to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're happy to be back. Uh, this uh, month has been kind of, uh, it's just been a little quiet. Yeah, it's off season, and we did the episode about allergies, which appreciate everybody listening to that. I've gotten a lot of really positive feedback about that episode, so thank you for listening, but we're back. R.I.P. Allergies. Yeah, officially closed. Um, Went over there one last time after we recorded that episode and closed it down for one final time. And now it's on to the next thing. So shout out to Lavelle. I know he's working diligently to find us a new Bears bar. And it sounds like we will have a home uh, in the Twin Cities for the next season. So more to come on that. But that was one thing we talked about on that episode is that we weren't sure if we were going to have a dedicated Bears bar. And it sounds like, at least right now, we will. We're not sure where, but Lavelle, I know, is working hard on that. So so thanks for that, and we'll keep you posted. But we're going to do an episode about the Bears, which (laughs) it feels like we haven't done in like a month because I think we missed a week there and... We did the episode about the bar, and it's been a while. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I was thinking about this today. Like, I am so ready for football season. Heck, yeah. I think training camp starts in a month from today, actually, right, right around there at least. And, you know, normally this time of year I'm... I know, it's only a month away. Yeah, right? And normally this time of year I'm, I'm like, really into baseball. I'm a big White Sox fan, but the White Sox season been a disaster and it's been it's been over since like the second week of april so uh, the twinkies 500 are they always 500 is that it's like it might as well be stamped on their on their sheet before they even start the schedule yeah 500 and maybe they sneak in and lose in the first time (laughs) all that's to say i mean there really hasn't been much going on for me in terms of sports so I, i just am really ready to get this bears thing going and i did actually enjoy uh the NBA draft a little bit the other day. <laughs> that Victor Wambanyama is is that how you Wambanyama? Yeah, man, is he, uh, he, he? That's 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 amazing that the San Antonio Spurs have had the number one pick three times, and <laughs> one was David Robinson, one was Tim Duncan, and now this kid, Victor Wambanyama. Yeah, I'm excited to watch That's him. amazing. He's, what, 7'4"? Yeah. And he's a guard? Yeah. That's quite something. Eight-foot wingspan. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, like, he towers over Duncan and Robinson now. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I've heard that other NBA players walk up to him and they're just amazed at what they're looking at because we've never seen anything like that in the NBA no. before. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be fun to watch him. I, I know that's a weird sidetrack, but it was uh, it was kind of interesting. And the other thing was, is uh, you know, I, I kind of... I was looking last year at what the Timberwolves did in the draft, and I was just—I couldn't help but compare it a bit to the NFL. And it was just like, why do you trade all of that, all those resources for one guy? <laughs> and it doesn't look like it's really worked out that well. But I don't know. Yeah, that's grind pace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but back to back to football. Um, a month feels like a long time still because, yeah. like I said, I, there really isn't much going on in, in the way of sports for Chicago fans at the moment. I guess the Cubs are all right. But uh, I, I think that, man, it would be nice if the Bears would make 
another big move over the next <laughs> over the next couple of weeks. So we're not just sitting around speculating for the next four weeks. But even so, I mean, yeah. it, it's it's getting there, right? And, and right. I'm really excited. And today we're just gonna do some random things on the podcast and just kind of talk about some things that Tom and I thought would be fun and. First thing we're going to do is play a game called How Concerned Are You? Yes! And so there's been a couple of things with the Bears. That, that might as well be a Bears fan mantra. We should name the podcast that. <laughs> um, yeah, so the first thing is just, Tom, how concerned are you about Chase Claypool? <laughs> so I'm, uh, I don't, since we got polls, I have been on the happy pill ride. I got to admit it. I, they're they're blowing uh, unicorns and rainbows as far as I can see, and uh, I, I'm trusting I'm trusting in the system. And this is after being one of the biggest bitchathons as far as <laughs> as far as the previous guy goes. I admit it. I yell louder than most. So, but I just I think that Claypool. It's hard to deny what you look when you look at his numbers. I mean you. You look at his first two seasons in Pittsburgh, and they just don't add up to what we saw last year. And I, I truly believe that he came in to a tough situation, uh, not knowing anybody uh, with the team, not knowing the playbook. And we all know the circumstances, so I don't need to go back through them. I'm just saying I don't think that what we saw last year was indicative of what he can what he can produce. I also think that bringing in DJ Moore and not him no longer being in the situation of, well, we have to put it all on his shoulders and wonder about whether he's going to perform because we, we have a true number one right now. I think that, uh, that takes some pressure off of him, not to mention some coverage. So I think he's, I think he's in as good of a spot going into this year as that he possibly can be uh, for his uh, place in the NFL, and you know it's all up to him now. It, we we have to wait and see. I I think that it, to blow him off though at this point and say oh th- this was a bust. I think that's naive. Yeah, and the reason that I asked the question is because it seems like there's just been some noise, and this might be mostly just internet chatter. But I don't think he's really participated in the offseason program due to an injury which I think they've said is, is minor, but you'd prefer him out there. And right. I, I think I think there's been just a couple of, not necessarily leaks, but maybe just people that are in the know that have been out there talking about maybe the Bears are down on him a little bit. And I don't know if this is just making a mountain out of a molehill because it's the middle of the offseason and there's nothing else going on. But yeah, last year did not go well and... I saw a post recently, I think it was from Bleacher Nation, kind of likening this to Tevin Jenkins from last offseason, where you just kind of heard a little bit of chatter around the team that maybe the Bears just weren't happy with him. And And how has that worked out? Yeah, exactly. And Clay, I mean, Jenkins, I mean, there, there was some friction at the start of camp last year, and he ended up accepting the move to guard, and I think actually played pretty well. And he's moved again. Yeah, it seems like the plan is he's going to play left guard now. And that one seems to have worked out fine. And, with and you know, uh, we actually talked about this on the show, that he suddenly has become kind of a face. Yeah. One of the one of the face people for, for the team. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're 
putting him in a lot of the marketing. So with Claypool, I'm disregarding all of the noise until we actually get to camp. Yeah. If we get to camp and he's not out there, then that's a concern. Yeah. Or if we get to camp and we hear that he's not playing well and that other receivers are outplaying him or seem to know the offense better, then that's a concern. And with him, to me, there's really no excuse not to hit the ground running from day one of camp this year because he's the most talented receiver in the room, I think. And he's been here. He should know the offense by now. He should have built chemistry with the quarterback by now. And also, for him, if not now, when? Yeah. Like, you've already been cast off by the team that drafted you. This is your opportunity for a huge payday if he goes out and has a big year this year he's going to get a big contract from somebody not necessarily the bears and so if it doesn't work out this year then when is it ever going to work out right and and, you know maybe he is one of those players we don't know maybe he is the traveling vagabond kind of player that you know he plays on one team for 10 games and then he plays on another team the next year for 12 games Maybe that's what his career is going to be. He could just be one of those guys that's really talented, but there's always something. Right. Right. Like, I think about that a little bit. Like, Will Fuller is a player that comes to mind yeah. where he, he was the fastest guy in every game he ever played, yeah. but he just couldn't catch the ball at first. And then when he solved that, he could never stay healthy. And it was just always kind of something. Always him. something. And it just never really seemed to work out. And he kind of bounced around. I think he's out of the league now. I mean, Claypool. Could end up like that because even in his first years with Pittsburgh, there there were negative storylines about him, spe- mm-hmm. specifically his maturity. I remember he like clashed with Mike Tomlin about playing music during practice or something, <laughs> and had some dumb penalties, and you understand why Pittsburgh wanted to move on from that because that's not really their culture, but you hoped maybe that was a little bit of a wake-up call for him, and maybe with a fresh start with the Bears, he, he could maybe put some of that behind him. And I, I still think he can. I, I don't necessarily think that his performance last year is something that I'm going to put too much stock into because he came in halfway through the year and the offense was terrible and there was no talent. And we, we know the story. Right. But, yeah, if we get to camp and there's still these whispers that he's just not putting it together for whatever reason, then... Yeah, I think that's when it's time to be concerned and start to talk about, uh, was this just a waste of a, a second-round pick? Right, and, it, it, you know, we we both agree that that could be the case. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it sucks that, uh, you know, we lost pick 32 uh, for him. But uh, Poles has shown that he will take no guff. Uh, so, and he's not, he's not shy about, you know, cutting the guy and saying, hey, you know, don't let the door hit you in the ass. Uh, adios, muchacho. Um, and I like that. I like that about him because he it, it'll, it, lets, it lets the team know, it lets the, the players know, um, you, you can be a former number one pick. You could be the fifth overall pick. And, uh, you know, if you're not going to fit into the system – Go fit in somebody else's. Yeah. You know, I, I well I wish you well. But and and you know, I'm hoping that Claypool isn't that guy. Of course there's you know, we could easily go on the internet right now and find, 
you know, ten guys who are all saying that that's what that Clay that that's what Claypool is going to be. Mm-hmm. I, I choose to I choose to look at the opposite right now because there's nothing to show me that that's that's who we got. But um, it, at the same time, if it did turn into that, would I be knocked down, shocked about it? Of course not. Well, the other thing is that would that suck if it turns out that that was just a bad trade? Sure, but it doesn't set you back that far. Right. And I think there's other options on the roster right now that could still be really good, even if Claypool stinks. I mean, Darnell Mooney, I I think, can still be a nice receiver. They drafted Scott from Cincinnati. Yeah. So there's other options on the team that I think can step into that role now, which is not something that we said last year. And he seems to the the coaching staff and and polls do seem to be breeding – a a really good competitive environment. Yeah. You don't want to step up? Guess what? The guy right behind you wants your spot bad. <laughs> well, this is always the thing with Ryan Pace, and I, I hate that we always go back to him, but he would he would <laughs> he, he was on the team for yeah. he was part of the team for seven years. He would so. he would bring in a big a big name, and then there's just no competition whatsoever. So then you have to. When that guy fails, you have to compound it. I mean, yeah. Think about this. It's it's like signing, giving Trey Burton that big contract, and the guy behind him is Adam Shaheen. And so when Trey Burton, <laughs> oh. when, when Trey Burton busts, you got to compound the mistake by giving the big contract to Jimmy Graham. It's like Khalil Mack comes in. And, that was just that was a huge huge mess. Yeah, it's like Khalil Mack comes in and he's good for a while, but does not really the player you wanted and. The guy you drafted is Leonard Floyd. That didn't work out. So then you have to compound that by giving the big contract to Robert Quinn. Yeah. Right? That, that's how you, you get into a bad cycle with free agency and with trades. But I don't think you necessarily have that here. Number one, you, you're not just you're not pl- paying Chase Claypool a huge amount. But there's other receivers on the depth chart that you think can still be pretty pretty darn good, even if Claypool stinks. So Well, and it still goes into Paul's, um, uh his philosophy of, I build through the draft. I supplement with free agency. When it comes right down to it, Claypool was a supplemental player. We now he he kind of traded picks for uh, you know for a, a young player, thinking there's not going to be much available, and you know that's that's not far from where he actually went in the draft. But you know, I, at the same time, uh, you know. It looked like it, it. It could be a solid deal. I think so. And with Claypool, I, I always just go back to like, do whatever you did in that Miami game. Yeah. He, the, the, like he got off the plane and he got dressed and he went out and played a football game and he was really impactful yeah. in his first game. And he could have won them that game because he drew a pass interference penalty that just didn't get called. Yeah. Within within two minutes, that I think would have gotten the Bears the ball like on the thirty five. Yeah. Right? So. He had a huge impact on that game, and then after that, I don't know what happened, but maybe that's what he needs. If you need to run a simplified route tree, or if you need to just have plays where you just go to him and say, hey, just run straight, go get open, maybe we'll throw you the ball and go win a 50-50 battle, right? Like, whatever, I mean, there's other receivers that that you feel good about on this roster, so... I don't necessarily think that you have to overcomplicate it with Claypool all that much if, if it's just not going to work. So I, I hope they're smart enough to realize that because the guy has talent. Yeah. And the guy can 
make a defense adjust their game plan. And I, I, I still have hope that all of this, we're going to look back on it in six months and say, man, that was, those are stupid. Like Claypool, he, he, he had a big yeah. impact on this season, but I don't know. It just remains to be seen. So on, on the concern level with him, it sounds like we're still both cautiously optimistic. Yeah, cautiously optimistic. Call, call. And, and you know, to go back to it, if he doesn't perform, we move on. That's, you know, this isn't the year that they're looking to, to win it all anyway. Um, you know, the, the, the focus is still on 24, uh, but, you know, we, we do need to see a big improvement. Um, uh, the way I understand it is Stevenson is seriously pressing uh, the, the wide receiver core anyway uh, on where his spot is going to be. So, you know, uh, hopefully our coaching staff will do what they do and, you know, the, the picture will become clearer. Yeah, I think it always does. Like this stuff always works itself out, right? And, you know that that's just so it's it's we we sit down and we talk about the roster at this time of year every year, and by the third week of camp, things kind of are <laughs> rounded into shape, and then by week four, half the team's hurt. So, <laughs> um, all right, so we're gonna play another round of how concerned are you? And this one, I think, will be less optimistic about. But <laughs> how concerned are you about the defensive line? <clears throat> So, uh, I, I mean, even, even the most, uh, even, even a, a bitter pill, uh, Bears fan has to have at least a little bit of excitement. I mean, they brought in five new defensive linemen, um, in the middle. And while, uh, the pass rush, you know, is looking pretty bleak. Um, part of the pass rush that you need to have is in the middle. And last year they had one guy. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, just through sheer numbers, uh, you, you would, uh, you, you would think that there would be some improvement there. Pretty much they were dead last. So <laughs> you can't really go down from there. Worst in the league. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, I, no, I like the, I like the approach that Poles does with his, Okay, I'm going to get a whole bunch of guys and just throw it at it and see what happens. And that's what he's doing again this year. That's what he did with the offensive line last year. That's what he's doing with the defensive line this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have to see something better as far as the outside goes. Maybe that happens this year. Maybe it doesn't. Um, we do have two first-round picks next year. Maybe one of them is going to a pass rusher. So, and probably one of them should be going to a pass rusher no matter what happens anyway. Um, because it's something that uh, has been an issue with Chicago for years, even when they've had good ones, right? Uh, even when they had Peppers, that was short-lived. Even when they had uh, Mac, that was short-lived. Uh, you know, And then they've had other guys who have had good years, like Alex Brown. But nobody, they've never had like the guy in his prime. Right. And they've never got to have the, uh, not since the days of Richard Dent, have they have they got to have the guy in his prime in that rookie deal where he's, uh, you know, where he's not a big drag on the team as far as for resources, just like a quarterback. That's why I always put 
that's why I always put the edge rusher in the same boat as quarterback because on that side of the ball, he always is the most expensive guy and he's the one that you really need. He can make up for a lot, right? Absolutely. And I think this year on the line specifically, there's more guys that you're interested in watching. Definitely. I still think it could be pretty bad. It could be. And... There's a lot of unknown. Going to be a big learning curve, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, with the two rookies, you can't expect them to come in and make an impact on day one. I think that if those players are rounding into form and looking like solid NFL starter slash rotational pieces by the end of the year, then you feel good about that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's rookies drafted in the second and fourth round. I mean, think about how bad most of the Bears rookies were last year. And a lot of them we still like, but yeah. I mean, Kyler Gordon really struggled right away. Valus Jones really struggled pretty much the entire year. Brisker had his moments, but he had plenty of rookie mistakes too. So right. it, it takes time, especially when you're picking in the, in the second round and later, because if guys could step in and be really good, impactful pros right away, they'd be drafted in the first round. <laughs> so I, I think you're asking a lot of, of those draft picks to come in and make an impact right away. And you've still got Justin Jones, you've got Billings. So maybe those guys can hold serve and play a little bit better than what was out there last year. And maybe there'll be a surprise with some of these players that Paul's got in. I mean, maybe they really like Demarcus Walker. Yeah. And they think that the Titans missed something there and maybe they tweak this and they tweak that this guy can get five more sacks this year i mean who knows but i I think that this is still the biggest weakness of the team and i think more than likely the defensive line is going to be maybe a little bit better than last year but that's pretty much impossible to be worse yeah i i I would um right along with you uh, i would say you know we're we're going from like 32 to 28 something like that you know uh 27 you know i i do i do believe that they will generate a more consistent pass rush and play the run better than they did last year will it be significantly no well that's gonna be that's the problem because i could see a world where the bears offense is really good like if fields takes next step as a passer and claypool gets his head on straight, and if Moore is awesome, like, I think the offense, there's a world where it could be really good. There's also a world that it could be terrible, but I I could see both. With the defense, with this defensive line, I I don't know how good the defense can really be, because if, even though they have upgraded that linebacker in the secondary, if teams know they can get four and a half yards of carry on you, they're just going to run the ball. And then when you move the linebackers up, they're going to, they're going to kill you over the middle with quick passes, so... If you don't have that defensive line, then your defense can only be so good. And if your defense is only so good, you're only going to win so many games. Because I think even if Fields is awesome, teams are going to say, all right, we, we know we can run the ball in this defense. Let's just keep the ball on the ground and we'll keep the clock moving. And we'll just kind of take the air out of the game and we'll beat the Bears that way. So I, I am concerned about the line. And they might still add. There's still time. I know, yeah. I know the Bears still have cap space. And... I think everyone expects them to bring in an edge rusher at some point still, and they might bring in two, or they might bring in another interior lineman, and it might be via trade, and it might be somebody that we haven't been talking about, or it might be Chase Young, or who knows. But right. 
and I expect them to, to upgrade at least or to add at least one more player on the line. But yeah, I, I still think that it's clearly the weak point of the team. And like I said, it, it's players you're interested in watching and you hope to see development as the year goes on, but could still be a rough watch at times. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it's definitely the biggest sore spot. Um, and uh, I think we could see... Uh, you know, a lot of times what you see in that young kind of defensive line is a, a market improvement in against the run, but uh, still, you know, no significant generated pass rush or prolonged uh, consistent pass rush. I, I think that's probably going to be the case. I don't think uh, we see a market improvement in hurries or sacks. Um, and, uh, I would expect the team to be still down at the bottom when it, when it comes to that. I I think that the secondary, the secondary has got a little bit of experience behind it now and a little bit of, uh, 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 it's got, it's got some talent. Um, also having, uh, you know, uh, a good, uh, middle linebacker for, to work with the secondary. I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. But overall, I would expect the defense to uh, struggle. Uh, and I think, uh, I mean, I think that most Bears fans are most, they're excited about number one. They want to see what what he can do, you know. Uh, and uh, we want to see real passes to receivers. We want to see uh, development of the, of the tight end game. Um, and it looks like maybe the biggest training camp battle is going to be running back. Yeah. Uh, who, they were talking about this on the score. Taking Justin Fields out of it, like what running back would you expect to have the most yards this year? So, you know, I, 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 I've seen a, quite a bit of talk about that. And right now, I got to say, and I know that this is really looking through some orange tinted lenses, <laughs> but... I, for some reason, think that Roshan Johnson is going to be the one. That's my guess, too. Um, I, I I really was believing in the uh, Deontay Foreman um, because I think that that guy uh, is a very solid running back. But Matt, a friend of the show, Matt, he has pointed out that, you know, he tends to disappear in one game, and then in the next game, he'll bust out for a buck twenty-five. Right? Uh, I, I think that is going to be something that we're going to see career, uh, continue in his career. And Herbert, while I like Herbert a lot, I think he is situational. I don't think he is a bell cow. I don't think you can look at him for getting thirty carries a game. Um, and Johnson has a great combination of size and speed. What I am anxious to see is what his vision is like when he hits the line. Mm-hmm. Because there's a, I mean, there's a reason that he was at Texas that long and wasn't the guy. You know, Robinson was, I think Robinson was only in front of him for two years. Maybe he was in front of him for three. But regardless i mean he can't be like the super all-star kind of running back because otherwise he would have he would have transferred probably out of texas 
Yeah, but I mean, like with running backs, sometimes you just find guys. You do like, just find guys. Yeah, so the Chiefs Pacheco, I think that was a seventh round yeah. pick, and that was the starting running back in a in the Super Bowl as a rookie. And you know, sometimes with, at that position, you just can find guys out of nowhere. And there's a role for all three of the guys that we just talked about. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they all get significant carries in a game this year, right? So I think there's going to be quite a bit running back by committee. I'm definitely the most excited to see what Johnson has, though. Just the the hype around that guy for a, a running back that you drafted in the fourth round, like the way that just Bears Twitter exploded with excitement when the yeah. Bears picked him. I'm really excited to see what he brings to the table, and yeah, I, I, I like Herbert as much as the next guy. I mean, we we know what he can do with the ball in his hands. He's explosive, yeah. and he can he can kind of hit the home run a little bit, which was what differentiated him from Montgomery. Yeah, but. Yeah, I agree. Situational, and then Dante Deontay Foreman. I mean, I, I think that's a nice veteran presence, and I, I think that that's somebody that you'll count on a lot, and that will get a lot of carries, and I think he'll get a lot of yards too, assuming health. So I, I think that's a, a room that I'm, I'm just I, I think is is pretty well established, and we're just going to see what the the draft pick has to offer. And I'm I'm excited to watch Roshan Johnson. I, everything I've heard about him just makes you want to root for that that kid. So well, and just his uh, his size and speed are. I mean, he's got elite size and speed. Yeah. Um, and the way I understand it, he's got great physicality too uh, when it comes to uh, getting yards after first contact. Uh, but uh, you know. Um, it, uh, there's a lot of factors that go into that. It will certainly be fun to watch. Um, who who would you say is the starter, though, day one? Uh, I think it's probably going to go to Foreman. Really? Just I think that's the free agent, that's the veteran. I think that's a, a more of a three-down back than Herbert. I think that's the direction that they'll go, at least to start the year, with, with the other two still getting significant carries yeah. week one. I think... You'll probably see more of Foreman and Herbert right away, and then as Johnson just gets himself up to speed, you'll you'll see him start taking carries away from those two as the season goes on. Yeah, I see. I'm kind of leaning towards Herbert as yeah. as the starter in Week One, but I certainly could see Foreman. Yeah, uh, it happening with Foreman simply because of the size difference between the two. They'll both get a lot of carries, man. This is just getting me excited to see this offense. Like, <laughs> there, there's a lot of talent on the, in, in this skill positions now, and you you could not there say is. that last year. There is, and uh, you know, um, you've talked about this several times. You know, I I think that's that. They that polls is doing all out on offense light. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I, I think that he, I think he likes that plan uh, of you know we'll, we want to generate a ton of offense and then we'll work more on the defense as it goes. But um, but at the same time. He's also been smart enough to be like, you know, and I also got to spread the ball around a bit. I, I got it. I also need to be putting people in place so that in 24, we don't end up with anybody on defense. Right. Um, you know, that's that's basically the, what the Vikings did this year. The Vikings are putting it all in on the offense and really did not do that much to help the defense. Uh, supposedly with what they had from last year that got hurt. And this year, uh, they they expect to see a pretty big jump in their secondary. 
I don't know whether that happens or not. But the rest of it, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see how their defense is going to be that that outstanding. I mean, where's the improvement really coming from? Yeah. Right? I mean, and you could say the same thing on offense even. I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same group as last year. I know they added, uh, the names escaped me, but they drafted the receiver in the first Addison. round. Yeah, Addison, that's right, but... I mean, they they got rid of that was a big spend for another receiver. Um, they they got rid of Thielen. They got rid of Cook Cousins is another year older. Like, where, where's the where's the improvement coming from on, yeah. on that team? And yeah, they've lost quite a bit in on the offense and defense. So, I mean, we can talk about this a little bit more later on because I had some Vikings thoughts too. But I, I don't see the I don't really see what the plan is there. I mean, I guess it's just try to score and score and score and just hope that maybe in a bad NFC, you can just outscore bad teams, but that's not getting you to the Super Bowl. No, certainly not winning it. No. Do you still have more on the list? No, that's what I got for now. So you want to do, I know you wanted to talk fantasy football. Yeah. So we're going to just do a quick, uh, a a quick look at uh, fantasy um, simply because uh, buzz on fantasy has, has started to kick in. Um, you know, this is when uh, teams and leagues start forming up, and this is when, uh, you know, I can't believe it, but some people actually do drafts this early now. <laughs> um, I just thought it'd be fun to look at just Chicago uh, and see where, uh, you know, what players are, are, are going to be significant. Um, pieces to to take for your fantasy teams because even with uh you know even with the the question marks surrounding chicago uh fields last year uh showed that you know you can still be on the worst team in the nfl and still generate a lot of fantasy points which yeah, he, he did you don't have to be that good of a quarterback to yeah. be great at fantasy football exactly exactly so um so Question one, who do you think is the highest ranked Chicago Bear overall? Uh, Fields. No. Uh, okay. Uh, at, by position or? No, overall. So this is, uh, and this came from, this came from uh, ESPN's uh, Fantasy Football Kit, PPR League's Top 300 Cheap Cheap. Who do you think is the first guy listed? Is it DJ Moore? DJ Moore. Okay. His he's number fifty overall, position twenty two. He's the number twenty two receiver. I think that's I think that's underrated. I was trying to think this through a little bit too, because yeah, twenty two seems low, but there's a lot of good receivers out there. Yeah, and I just think nationally, like. I think that a lot of I, I think that Bears fans are more optimistic on Fields as a passer, yeah. than the national football observer would be. Like when I when I talk to people that aren't Bears fans about Justin Fields, like they all think he can't throw, yeah. And I'm like, I mean, if you watch him, he can, yeah. And it's just a question of can he do it consistently because we've seen him make the throws, but I think that nationally, a lot of fans still feel that he's run first and isn't there as a passer so i'm guessing that's why right he's lower but he's also put up big numbers with pj walker and sam donald (laughs) and baker mayfield so right i I don't know i mean dj moore i think could really have a, a big year if if it clicks right and if fields does take a next step 
I think DJ Moore is going to be the recipient of a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, I, I think 22 is uh, at the position is low. Um, not not grossly low, but I think that's a little low. Just for um, like comparison, who's do you have like who's like twenty and twenty one? Yeah, let's see here. Um, that's what I always like to do is stuff like this is like who's immediately around them, and that kind of okay, gives you a sense. Okay, let's see for, here. So immediately in front of him is uh, at twenty one is Deontay Johnson, um, who had a solid la- year last yeah, he's year. Good. Um, and he should have a solid year this year too. Just like thinking that through, like DJ Moore is a better receiver than Deontay Johnson. I think so. Um, also, uh, their quarterback situation is Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. So Deontay Johnson's immediately out of him. I... And then, uh, immediately behind him is Mike Evans. Ugh. Yeah. Um... Mike Evans though, like. That's like a really sneaky, productive guy. Like, I think he's caught. I, he is, I but think, I think he's had a thousand yards like nine years in a row or something. He he is. He's very very productive. But um, they have no quarterback at all. But yeah, I mean, he's had number twelve thrown to him now for a few years, and uh, that that's not going to be the case anymore. So yeah, Mike Evans been in the league nine years, and he's got a thousand yards in all nine. That's pretty impressive wow i really wanted the bears to target him but they obviously didn't yeah yeah he was there was a little bit of buzz in the draft about him uh i I think it was a situation though that we weren't going to be in position i would take from fantasy i would take dj Moore over both those guys i think Uh, i think from i mean we're obviously biased but i would um because i think that fields is going to surprise people with the passing game I think that Fields sets the new Bears record for yardage. I think he. <laughs> What's it at? <laughs> it's only at thirty-eight hundred some yards. That's so. Which brutal. is really it's really pitiful. Uh, but I do think he becomes the first Bears quarterback to throw for over four thousand. And <laughs> even in, even in even in this even in this age of seventeen games, he. Still throw for 4,000 yards is still a significant, uh, it's still a significant move. Bears' single season passing record was set in 1995. Yeah, that's when most of the records are from. Think about the... Eric Kramer. Think about the NFL in 1995 compared to the NFL now. I know. And how pathetic it is that the passing record was set back then. They're they're the only team without a 4,000-yard passer. In their history. Plus, you got to remember, the touchdown record was also set that same year at 29. We've never had a pass over 30 touchdowns. I'm just going to, I'm going to look this up quick. How, so. How many, how many quarterbacks last year threw for over 4,000? I'm going to look that up, but yeah, keep I, going. I want to say, for some reason, I, I want to say 12, but I don't feel like it was that many. I, I think it was less. I think it was more like eight, but. um Nine. Nine, okay. Inclu- so, including NFL greats like Geno Smith, Jared Goff. <laughs> like, <laughs> like throwing for 4,000 yards is not that impressive no. in, the, in, in the modern NFL. But no. I, anyway. Um, what you, well, what you want is you want a balanced offense where, you know, your running back is, is still going to be a solid factor for your team. 
And uh, because even though their careers don't last very long, you want them to be productive while you have them. So I, that's where I think that uh, Fields is in a good position because the running back core looks to be very solid. Uh, and his own running ability combined with an upgrade uh, at receiver, I think should generate a very productive offense. I, I think that the offense has pieces good enough to, to fight to be in the top 10. I don't know whether they make it that far, but I think they have the talent to do it. It's this, this, like Davis Mills threw for thirty one hundred yards last year. <laughs> that would have been like top ten bear all time. But you said the offense you think could be in the top ten. Yeah, I do. That's or, a- uh, right, right around there, ten, eleven, twelve, something like that. Yeah, I could see top half of the league for sure. Top ten is hard, but. I mean, it could happen, right? Like, if Fields, if if Fields takes a jump and is an MVP, which I still think is on the table, like not like the MVP, but in the conversation, yeah. Like, is that the most likely scenario? Probably not, but I don't think it's off the table completely. So, if he really does take a leap, then sure, top ten offense. I think the Bears could be around there and if, if they're a top 10 offense that means they're in the playoffs yeah in, in this nfc top 10 offense will, will get you in the playoffs it might not win you the division but it'll get you a wild card so i hope you're right that'd be a lot of fun <laughs> like if the bears ever had a top 10 offense i guess they, yes yeah, okay <laughs> um the one, actually was it the uh, one trustman year yeah trustman's first year they were they had their highest ranked offense ever yeah, they were like third or something. Or second, no, second highest ranked. I think that the highest ranked offense ever was the 85 team. Glory days of Bears football. And Mark then Trestman. number two was Trussman. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Trussman's team that first year made a lot of points. Yeah, they scored a lot of points. <laughs> but they gave up a lot, lot of points. <laughs> All right, so where's where's so I, I would have to imagine Fields is the second highest ranked yes, player. Yes, Fields list. is uh, sixty two overall out of three hundred, and QB number. I'm gonna guess number twelve, number six. Really? Okay. That uh, running ability, yeah. of course, in PPR is nice, right? Yeah, because you got uh, touchdowns and uh, rushing yards. A lot of yeah, yeah. I mean, he can run for a hundred yards every game. Yeah, and he, I mean, well, he had 1,100 yards rushing last year, so <laughs> he was like a starting quarterback and running back combined in one. Yeah, so ahead of him, you're going to have Josh Allen, Mahomes, Lamar probably, um, Burrow, uh, Tua. Nope. Okay. That's the first one he got wrong. Uh, Hurts. Oh, yeah. So, Mayhomes, Allen, Hurts, Burrow, Jackson. That's who's, that's who's in front. And immediately behind him is going to be who? Herbert? Herbert. Okay. Yeah, is right behind him. And so, yeah, um, and then rounding out top 10 to Sean Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott. Kirk Cousins is at 11. Tua's all the way down at 13. Cousins threw for a lot of yards. Tua is, I think, is underrated on this list, but yeah, with him, you, we you could you, see. With him, you're concerned about the health. Yeah, obviously. 
Um, so your next guy on the list, it's going to be pretty tough for you to guess this one. Komet? Komet is right! Yeah, okay. Komet uh, is number 102 overall, tight end number 12. That that sounds about right. I, I think mean, that does sound about right. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a nice year, but I just think that Man, for Cole Komet, I, I I don't know that he's gonna get enough targets to be that impactful from a fantasy perspective. Because yeah, I think there's a lot of other places the ball is going. Right? I mean, even in the tight end room, they, they've got Robert Tunyon, who I think is probably a. a nice I think he might sneak uh, sneaky steal some of those end zones. Yeah, uh, for sure. And Komet's probably gonna catch a lot catches. of passes, but. It's probably going to be a lot of shorter ones. I mean, he, he, cer- he certainly He's is- probably, I would say his over-under is, out of Vegas would be like 60 or 65 maybe, 65 catches. Yeah, he's probably worth drafting. I really like what Cole Komet did last year. I, I, I think we were both kind of down on him going into the year, and I think yeah. he, he was one of the bright spots he on was. the offense. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of other places that the ball can go on this offense, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if Komet has a nice year, but I don't know that I would necessarily be like running to draft him in fantasy football either. He um, in front of him uh, is Dalton Schultz, and behind him is Tyler Higby. Okay, I mean that that seems about yeah, right. That seems about right. Yeah, yeah, that seems. Are those the only three on the list? Nope. Oh, we got more. So, in the, this is the top 300 players, so obviously it goes, pretty, it goes pretty deep, right? So, who would be next? Uh, Claypool. Claypool is okay. next. 127 overall, wide receiver number 54. Yeah. So, that, that's quite, I mean, that's a big drop from, from Moore. Moore was at 22, uh, Claypool is at 54. So, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good size drop. I think that Claypool is probably worth drafting just because really talented receiver in a contract year with high upside. Yeah. And if he sucks, you, you, you just cut him. Right, right. Also, um, you know, good red zone abil- abilities there. Yeah. Um, it works, works real well in the jump ball situation. So uh, that's what we could see there. Um Oh, actually, I my bad. We skipped over a player. Um, actually, Herbert is number one thirteen, so he is be, he's between Komet and Claypool. Okay, I mean, at some point, somebody is going to take one of the one of the Bears running backs just because well, running backs disappear, right? right? Um, they have Herbert ranked first. Uh, he's one thirteen overall and running back thirty seven. So, I mean, when you think running back 37, there's already been backups that have right. been taken in front of him. Right. Um, Foreman is running back 48, and Rashawn Johnson is running back 49. Oh, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> so, so, and, sorry, you said Herbert. So 37, 48, and 49? Yeah. I think that sounds about right. Yeah, I think with that, I mean... You just don't know where the carries are going, right? Right. So, and, like, you know, it's running back by committee, and and the quarterback is probably going to run a lot. Yeah. So you don't know how much, like you don't really know how much volume is going to those guys. Yeah. 
So, boy, it's like, it'd be one of those where it's like if you get late in the draft, you maybe just take a couple of them. Yeah. Because one of them's, you know, probably going to end up emerging, and you just hope that you take the one that ends up being the primary starter. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think any of those players are really going to be very high on a lot of people's boards. So that's no. Like, that's someone you take as, as a way to fill out your team at the end of the, the league. Yeah, I mean, uh, even with, uh, Herbert, who, you know, it, it, to me it makes sense that he's listed first simply because he has the most experience with the team. Um, even though I very much could see your your prediction that uh, Foreman is, is, you know, the top guy when it comes to week one. Yeah. But uh, either, either way, um, it's, it's going to be running back by committee for a while until... Well, you and I think that there's a distinct possibility that Johnson could end up as the as the number one guy. That won't happen for at least you know three, four, five games. Right, exactly. So, um, Mooney is also on the list uh, at one thirty four. He's wide receiver sixty one. So they're still looking for Mooney to you know bounce back and still be uh, a significant player. I would be surprised if he's not, um, simply because he has more time with Fields than anybody else. And um, Mooney has shown that he is a super hard worker. Uh, I felt real bad for him last year when he got hurt. I think he'll be chomping at the bit to get back out there and show that uh, this is also a contract year for him, that he uh, deserves to be uh, in the upper echelon of receivers. And his numbers showed it uh, up until he was he, until he lost pace with everybody else because he he missed you know uh, almost half the year. Did um uh did we do we have an update on his health? Like, is he going to be ready? You know, I still have not seen anything uh, regards to that. But at the same time, I haven't really seen anything about. I mean, really, all the news I've been reading about has simply been who is at OTAs and, you know, how they've kind of been, you know, working that thing out. Um, Probably the most significant news has simply been that it it sounds like the offensive line has been pretty steady as far as what guys they have in each position there. Yeah. Which is... uh, a nice thing to read. And I think Mooney's been there. I just don't think he was participating, likely because he's still recovering. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he he had a pretty he had a pretty big time injury. Yeah. He did. Uh, and uh, uh, especially for a guy who's all about running. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's his speed is his thing. So um, it's probably going to take a little bit for him to bounce back. Uh, kicker. <laughs> <laughs> Cairo Santos is listed as the number 13 kicker uh, in the NFL. Uh, Bears defense didn't make the top 15. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not too much of a shocker I'm there. Still ca- I'm still predicting that my guy, I don't even remember his name, but he's going to beat out Cairo Santos. <laughs> the guy from Syracuse. Right, right. I don't remember his name. But <laughs> uh, yeah, and we probably won't end up remembering his name. But he could he could end up doing it because Santos really did struggle. Uh, I mean, while his numbers overall looked pretty good, 
the spots that he struggled were a pretty big deal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kicking is very, a, a big part of it is situational. Uh, well, and you, you can't know. have it this year. Last year, you didn't really care because you weren't trying to win. Right. But you can't have... You can't have the kicker leaving points on the field this year. Yeah, and he he did that. I mean, uh, he he he, you know, while it's tough to say that the kicker loses the game for you. It... <laughs> yeah, no, he didn't. It's not last year wasn't Cairo Santos' fault, but right? There were a lot of missed extra points and a lot of missed kicks that were makeable and. When you're trying to be a playoff team, like every every like we every, every week, every NFL game is decided by less than a touchdown. So yeah, when yeah. You're, when you're leaving two or three points out there on the field every week, that's that's a big deal because the margin of of error is is so small in the NFL. So you gotta hit your layups, as they say, and, and yeah. you, you just can't have poor kicking. So I think Santos, in all seriousness, like has the leg up. I think he'll be penciled in as the kicker when camp starts but if he struggles and someone else is there that looks viable you never you never know yeah so um uh, that's uh, that's the overview on uh on on ES, on ESPN and and the other ones that looked at uh NFL network um, it's pretty NFL.com is, is pretty, is pretty right around, uh, the same numbers. Um, I think that, I think that fields is a must draft. Uh, I think that, uh, DJ Moore is a must draft. Um, Komet, I think will go in most leagues. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and you said I tight end 12, right? Like, yeah. Most leagues have at least 12 teams. Yeah. So I, I think, I think he'll end up, uh, uh, as uh, and and he could turn out to be a sneaky good pick. Um, you know, uh, uh, certainly Fields has shown his uh, his um, desire to throw the tight end the ball. So, I had something interesting that's kind of along these lines, and this is uh, a, more of a gambling item. And I'm going to acknowledge right away that this is going to be kind of a dumb conversation, but it's the middle of June, so. You know, what else are we going to talk about? So, <laughs> I always think that the gambling markets are a really interesting way to look and see it, how people think about your team because they are. it shows like who's interested in betting on what and what kind of the public thinks is, is likely and unlikely. So, And they're well, dispassionate. Yeah, exactly. So one of the things you can bet on right now is who's who, who uh, will lead the league in passing. Yeah. So I was kind of curious because of what I said earlier. I think a lot of people think, negatively of Justin Fields as a passer still so but but I still think it's possible that he could take a big jump so I was curious where he was ranked in that market and he was tied for dead last wow which really surprised me like this is the people that he was tied with is Anthony Richardson Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell no way and I, I that was kind of my reaction too because look Justin Fields is not going to lead the league in passing no. I, I get it but it's more likely that he does than any of those other three I just mentioned. Like, <laughs> like wow. Like, could, I would. I would. I'm. I'm surprised. Like, here, here's some of the people that have uh, better odds, right? Like, to to be the league leader in passing than, than Justin Fields, like Baker Mayfield. Oh man. C.J. Stroud. No. Mac Jones. No. Kenny Pickett. No. Daniel Jones. No. Jordan Love. <laughs> no. Garoppolo. 
No. Matt Stafford. No. So, I, I mean, I, I was just kind of curious about that. because Matt I, Stafford three years ago. Yeah, I was like, all right, is Fields going to lead the league in passing? No. But I think he's more likely to do it than any of those guys I just listed off. Wow. Like, how, how is how is Baker Mayfield going to lead the NFL in passing more often than Justin Fields? Oh, man. Like, and, and I know that's not what you're betting on. I know you're not betting on who will have more. It's who will lead. But, like, how is how how is... Kenny Pickett or Daniel Jones more likely to lead the lead because I I, I, I just, Daniel Jones' passing game has been awful. Yeah, I, I it was still not good last year. I kind of couldn't believe that when I read it because I was like, Fields still has the potential to me to be really really good. I, I'm not thinking that same thing about Daniel Jones. I think no. Dan, Daniel Jones maybe has a, a higher floor. At this point, and maybe he can get his team back to the playoffs more often. But I'm like, I still think Justin Fields could have like a, a legit awesome year passing. Yeah, he could also have a terrible year. But I, I think that him being really good passing is still very much on the table with more talent around him. And I, I just was really really surprised when I looked at that. And then I was like, All right, maybe I'm just overthinking this because. None of those guys I just list, listed off are going to lead the league in passing yards. It's going to I, I firmly believe that Fields is going to break the record uh, for the Bears. I, I think he is going to have over 4,000 yards passing. And I don't think any of those guys are going to have 4,000 yeah, I mean, yards Jimmy passing. Jimmy Garoppolo might not even play. <laughs> <laughs> and if he, does, if he does play, he's bad. <laughs> Baker Mayfield might not play either. Yeah. So, I... Kenny Pickett might not play. <laughs> Pickett, I like. I do like Kenny Pickett, but I mean, I don't think that he he, he did not look good last year <laughs> at all. So I mean, the fact that to, to, I think it's a bet that whether he even plays seventeen games in quarterback. Yeah, so. but I'm like Justin Fields being tied with Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell. Yeah, I, Sam Howell. Yeah. I, Sam Howell might not even be on a team by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Um, if you're looking for a bear that is close to being a favorite in their market, Matt Eberflus is tied for second to be coach of the year right now. He's wow. Favorite is Sean Payton, uh, and then Eberflus and LaFleur are tied for second. So I can see that. Yeah. I mean, if 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 the Bears make the playoffs, then Eberflus is going to be in the discussion for Coach of the Year. Uh, depends on what else happens, right? Because yeah. like you know something like last year, right? I mean, I think uh, Dayball Dayball did win, right? I think he did. Yeah, but for like a lot of the year, everyone thought it was going to be Sirianni because the Eagles just won every year. Yeah. So. You well, know, and there actually that was that was not without controversy because there was a lot of people that thought. He should have won it. Right. There was also, uh, you know, quite a bit of talk about Shanahan winning it. There was. Yeah. So A lot of people thought O'Connell for a while, but then the Vikings kind of tailed off towards the end of the year. So that's a subjective award, but if the Bears exceed expectations, Eberflus will absolutely be in that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I. Wow. I wouldn't put any of those guys uh, up, 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 up there. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean... In fantasy, uh, on here, Sam Howell, number 31, Baker Mayfield, number 32. You know, I mean, those guys are, those guys are bad. Mac Jones, <laughs> number 28, Mac you know. Jones, Mac Jones sucks. I think Jordan Love is listed as number 27. 
I think yeah, I think the Patriots could just be like terrible. I don't I don't think I don't think Jordan Love is is gonna produce what Green Bay fans are hoping that he's gonna do. I think he's I think he's gonna be very medium. Yeah, I could see it. You know, uh, I I think you could see him passing for like twenty five hundred yards and maybe like uh, eighteen to twenty touchdowns. Uh, um, you know, but probably almost as many picks. You know, I, 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 like a twenty two touchdown, uh, fourteen pick kind of line. Uh, I could see that. Um, and you know, who knows? Maybe he'll surprise. Uh, he he has he has a decent team around him. But I, I just don't. I, I don't see them transitioning right from uh, him to another uh, another Rogers. Let's hope not. <laughs> yeah, man, that would be awful. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, uh, I think um, I, I think as far as uh, you know, leading the league in passing, I still you know, Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those guys. One of those guys. Really Mahomes, are, Burp. Burrow or Herbert or yeah, I do I do think uh, I I I think that people are putting too much into um, what they've seen in the previous two seasons as far as fields uh, and throwing the ball. Uh, we have been up, we we've we've had a front row seat for every single game, yeah. and so we know like you were like you mentioned we know what he can do, and I don't think those things are flukes. The, the the balls that I've seen him throw are not flukes. They're they're one hundred percent deliberate, and I, I think that with you know he was seriously penalized both the last two years. Uh, the, the the his rookie year wasn't penalized just from the team; he was penalized by his own coach. Yeah. And uh, the last year, uh, just the lack of anything around him. So uh, I, I think uh, I think this is the first year. He gets to go into an offense and uh, have a clue of what is going on and have some cohesiveness with the rest of the offensive unit. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I just think, I mean, if, if you're a Panthers fan or a Saints fan or a Rams fan or, or whatever, like, yeah. what's been your experience with the Bears over yeah. the last two years, right? I mean, it's, it's probably been pretty much out of sight, out of mind, except for the couple times they've been on national TV or the time they play your team because they've been so bad right yeah like and honestly like the the when the bears are on national tv i would assume for most football fans like that's one of the games that you're just kind of like yeah you know <laughs> i might skip that like for for us right that would be like it, it, like that's like for me like when like the giants are playing washington yeah like, yeah that's, that's pretty similar that's usually one where it's like all right if i got nothing to do i'll watch it but i'm not i'm, I'm not gonna go out of my way to watch that one like yeah that that that's one of the games where you like tell like your significant other like hey I'll skip the game so we can go do this <laughs> so so then when it's like Chiefs and Bengals you're like no 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 like I'm not missing this one right so right I well, just... in, in this market in this market um uh you know just thinking about reflections that I get from friends at work and such is um when when uh, the Bears are on national television uh I'll, I'll get comments uh, or when the Bears are playing the Vikings or the Packers. Right. I mean that that's that's pretty much uh, that's that's pretty much the extent of it. Why would you pay attention to yeah. them? Like that that's like I mean ask me my thoughts on like the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> you know? Like why would I care about them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Chris Chris actually does watch some uh Cardinals uh football friend of the show Chris. 
Uh, uh, but I mean, it's the, the stadium's not very far from it. Yeah, don't, so don't watch them this year. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, there. I, I I don't see how that team is going to be good. Um, I I don't know. I, I I'm not a big fan of Kyler Murray. Uh, I I just uh, I he's really he's a, one of those little quarterbacks. He's not even um, going to play this year. And, and yeah, it, whether he even plays this year is uh, remains to be seen. I mean, so. I think he's projected to be back like week eight ish, right? Yeah. But like, if they're one in seven, why are you bringing him back? Yeah, like at that point, just tank and get the first overall pick in the draft, and then because then you can draft a quarterback. And trade Kyler for a haul, right? <laughs> like, it's kind of the same situation the Bears were in this year, except a, a little bit different, right? Like, the Bears had their quarterback, but had the first overall pick, so they traded the pick. So next year, it's like, all right, you take the quarterback and then take the quarterback, uh, trade Kyler, who's a quarterback that probably a lot of other teams would still want. Yeah. Like, Kyler Murray has his faults, and I don't think that he is... He has talent. Yeah, yeah, he's and he's he's still better than most teams. Yeah, he's like, he's still better than quite a few of the guys. Yeah, I mean, certainly how, some of them that we were just mentioning. Yeah, like how many how, <laughs> how many teams would like to have Kyler Murray instead of Baker Sam, Mayfield? Yeah, Sam Howell. Right? Sam Howell. <laughs> <laughs> or the other Sam, Darnold. <laughs> I mean, wow. Watch like Sam Darnold just... Daniel Jones. Yeah. Daniel watch, Jones is not good. Watch Sam Darnold just like kill it this year. Like, <laughs> with Shanahan. Like watch him just step in there and... I mean, he was a top 10 pick, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, he's got talent and... Oh, he had huge hype around him coming into the NFL. Yeah, I don't... I, I don't think he's very good. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, 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 they, they can go ahead and hype him up as much as uh, they want. I, I, I'm not buying it. I'll have to see it to believe it. Because the thing is is that I, I, I certainly believe that Brock Purdy has uh, more talent at this point in his career than Sam Darnold does. So I, I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't hugely shocked when that happened with Purdy. Um, I, I felt like Purdy was one of those players that slipped in the draft simply because of he's little, mm-hmm. uh, and you know there was concerns about him getting hurt. Oh well, shock, you know. So uh, uh, I didn't think it was because of how well he played at, at at Iowa State because he actually played really well at Iowa State, especially surrounded by some less than stellar <laughs> rosters too. Right. So uh, you know uh, that. That that Niners team is pretty damn stellar. Uh, you could easily put their roster uh, from top to bottom against the rest of the top teams in the NFL. Yeah, if you take quarterback out of it, I mean, it, it, it's if you everything but quarterback, it would be tough to find a better roster. Yeah, than the 49ers. I mean, you could talk about the Eagles, although I think they took a bit of a step back this offseason. You could talk. They're still really deep. Oh, they are. Yeah, they are. Um, you could talk about probably the Jets. Talk about Buffalo. I think they took a bit of a step back. But yeah, the 49ers, that's a really, really good roster. And yeah, I mean, they. the question is the quarterback. And that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's about it for today. Uh, thanks a lot for uh, tuning back in with us. Uh, obviously, we're, uh, we're, we're trying to get creative, guys. Um not, I mean, there is stuff going on with the team, but 
you know, uh, it's just that this is the time to be to to get creative and and have some fun. Be with a little the show. silly, yeah. And uh, you know, uh, it was like you were mentioning uh, the the real stuff is uh, not that far off. Um, if you uh, if you have any questions for us, hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, bear down. Appreciate everybody listening. Bear down. <laughs>